The God of Mischief is back and better than ever. Loki. 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 Wow. Great to see you again. Critics agree. Loki season two is marvelous. Great. And it's finally here. How much do you know? Let's assume I don't know much. A mind-bending adventure. Spectacularly cinematic. I've been waiting for a moment like this. It surpasses all expectations. A little over the top, don't you think? I thought it was spot on. Loki season two now streaming only on Disney Plus. You are listening to Absent Minded, brought to you by Habs Eyes on the Prize.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Absent Minded. We're back. It's actually the the three musketeers really jared isn't it yeah it's been a while since it's been the three of us yeah and obviously since this the three with jared and me it has to be anton at the other end so we're across a few different time zones today how is wales anton oh it's getting colder but it's still better than sweden and i bet better than montreal when it comes to uh when it comes to weather as well oh well at, at least there is that because there is nothing else in wales going on right yeah, well, I mean, Wales is pretty happening, you know. I'm ten minutes into Cardiff, so you know there there are a few things that can uh, that can happen if I wanted to. And really, we're here to talk about the European prospect report. Oh, I mean, the Player of the Month report because it's almost only Europeans on it. Uh, Scott obviously picked a North American person because he just don't like Europeans. Only joking, Scott. If you listen to this, uh, I know you love Europeans, uh, but. With the month that Arthur Lekkonen has had, it's not really a surprise that he was player of the month for Montreal Canadiens. Yeah, I, I think it's both good thing for Lekkonen and a bad thing for the Montreal Canadiens. I think if Arturi Lekkonen is your best player, there are issues. And obviously there are issues with the way things are going for the Canadiens. But no, I mean, I mean, what, what we're like two or three years removed from Pat and I calling Lekkonen as the top goal scorer on the team yeah. for <laughs> before the season. I mean, we, we knew the talent was there. We know the talent is there. And, and he's just a, a good player. You know, he's he's a solid player. And and he gives it every night. And he he, he found for, for a few nights uh, some chemistry with Jake Evans and Yul Armia, with Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield. He's just, uh, he, I know he's, he's finished, but he's kind of like a Swiss Army knife. Where you can just kind of put them on any line, and and it usually has success. Indeed, and in one way, you have to say that it's good for Montreal Canadiens as well, because him being at the last year of his contract, he's a restricted free agent. There is a potential for a trade going into the trade deadline, and and if he increases his value, the return might be something that Gorton, the new. Uh, what should we call it? It's Vice not President GM, really, but it's hockey, a, hockey overlord, yeah. hockey overlord. Let's go with that. Uh, that that might entice him to to let go. And for a team, you know, he's a restricted free agent, so they keep his rights even after. Can probably, depending on a on on how well the playoff push goes, uh, make him an integrated part of the team going forward in that way. Because let's face it, it seems like Montreal might not be going forward for a while. That's interesting. Exactly what Jared said as well. Arturi Lekin is someone you can, he's a potato. You can put him into any line and he will, you know, contribute uh, to a decent effort each night. Like he, he always, 
he's that kind of combination of grit and then he has a little skill so you can just you can put him as a complementary like uh, as a comp complementary piece on on a top six line or as a leading guy on a bottom six line um and once the playoff pushes are are approaching in in february i, I think that a lot of teams uh, will want uh, a piece that they can just you know it d- doesn't matter really where you put him he's still gonna contribute one way or another and if he can continue to score some goals which we know is kind of volatile when it comes to Lekkonen he always tends to have a very low shooting percentage uh, but if he can continue you know to produce some points yeah of course he's his value is gonna it's gonna not rock it up but it's gonna be more uh, when we approach trade trade deadline I think you you've been part of Wales too long when you start speaking about potatoes and dishes like that you know but mm. but anyways yeah no like an, I've, I've always been a huge fan. I've said it before. I think he shoots a little bit too close, really. Um, I think that Montreal tried to make him into a uh, Gallagher light, more or less, uh, when he came over. Whereas in Frelanda, he was more of a shooter where you see someone like Olofsson uh, play for Buffalo and, and other players around the league. Uh, it's, it's one of those... It's one of those things that you are going to see that are different and uh, from, from maybe the European eyes to the North American eyes. But going forward, you know, there, there are also some other players that we really should mention. Josh Anderson with obviously, I don't know, 15 empty net goals in the last game. Yeah. <laughs> he had a hat trick, you know, <laughs> and one of them didn't even go in a net. So that's, that's impressive. Did he have is, a that, is that what we're going to call an Anderson hat trick nowadays? Then, yeah, you know, I, I think two goals and being hauled down in an empty net is, is an Anderson hat trick. I, okay, I think that's yeah. that's the way it goes. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, there there were some some solid performances for the Canadians this month. The problem is that it wasn't consistent and it wasn't very many people. So, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is with this team right now, right? Like, you're going to have bright spots, and that's what you have to hope for the rest of the season. You have to. That that's what you have to do. You know, you, you hope that Nick Suzuki can have more bright spots than than bad. Same with Josh Anderson. Same with, you know, Jeff Petrie and and Matthias Norlander, Alexander Romanov, Ryan Paling, who, you know, is is on a playing the best NHL hockey of his career right now, which is a good. I can't thing. really see Norlander stay. Not when you no, play like no, every third I, I game, think, ten minutes a game. Yeah, I, I think if if the Canadians did not have the COVID outbreak that they currently have, or outbreak two people which obviously could be more, right? You have to be cautious about that. But if if the Canadians were healthy, uh, I don't think that Matthias Norlander would be in Montreal anymore. And and I think that now with Chris Weidman, Brett Kulak healthy again, you know, Sammy Nuku, you know, eventually will, will get healthy. He's not showing symptoms. So uh, eventually you have to hope that he'll test negative. Uh, Joel Edmondson obviously is, is the big the big question mark uh, going forward. But it would it would shock me if by Christmas Matthias Norlander is still in in North America. Yeah, that Obviously. that would that would only be if he has you know really taken to to NHL hockey and really really implemented his his style to to fit the Canadians as of now, so that he becomes kind of like a, a positive surprise. But it, it still feels uh, once you've seen Norlander um, during these. Uh, first few games it feels like it's still one year too early for him as of now 
Yeah, one one person that it isn't too early for is Ryan Paling because he has really skyrocketed up the prospect rankings with the performance that he had the couple the, the last couple of games. Yeah, it's 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 it, that's a good that's 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 what you want to see right now, right? Like you're not looking at wins and losses for this Canadian team right now. Let's let's face it, it's not what's going to happen. But what you want to see is you want to see which young players you can build the team around, and you know Ryan Paling. Jake Evans, Nick Suzuki, if they can they can perform well and, and add Christian Dvorak to that, he's not too old. Add, add him to that. If those four can be your centers, and again, not necessarily this year. Obviously, the the playoffs are not are not a question. But going forward, you hope that they build and you can build around them, and and you have to figure out what you can do with them. And and you know if you trade guys for for picks or for prospects you want to know which guys you can you can kind of keep and and it's you know ryan paling was showing signs of of turning things around and and now he's he seems to have done at the nhl level for really the first time other than his first game um you know his, his first game was great and then after that he never really uh got his feet in the nhl and now he's uh i would be surprised if he goes back to laval at any point this season unless of course laval you know goes on a playoff run and then you know maybe you look at that later on yeah, he really is the player to watch right now because the player we were supposed to be watching hasn't really taken off. But but uh, looking at Paling, where do we see him in the lineup going forward? Uh, bottom six continuously. Like um, if if he plays really well, maybe he can alternate with with a guy like Jake Evans, depending on their uh, their you know just their form at the at the moment which which like who whoever is performing the better but it feels like in general the top two uh center spots uh would be for uh nick suzuki and christian vorak so if ryan bailing continues to play like this uh, he is without a doubt an nhl player and uh he will get more ice time but then you can roll four lines in a, in a good way for for the remainder of the season yeah, I think I think the the ideal scenario for this Canadians team is, you know, if you have Jake Evans with say you know Lekkinen and, and Armia or Lekkinen and Gallagher or whatever combination you have. I mean, there's there's a lot of wingers in Montreal, and some of them play the same style, which is something that I'm sure Jeff Gordon and the new general manager will will deal with. But the the ideal scenario is that you have four lines that can play. Like, you know, the, the ideal fourth line for the Montreal Canadiens, if everyone's healthy is what probably Paul Byron, Jake Evans, and Yul Armia, something like that, right? Like that, that the ideal scenario is that you have four, three guys that can play, you know, 12 to 15 minutes and, and play very well in those minutes. That's what we saw in the playoffs, right? Like the fourth line with, with Eric Stahl and, and Corey Perry and was it Armia uh, on that line? I, I think that, you know, that's, that's what you want. Just a line that can, do well in those minutes. So I think that we have to stop looking, oh, Paling's play on the fourth line, big deal. But but the 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 ideal scenario is that he is on that third or fourth line with, with Jake Evans and and playing 13 or so minutes a night. And and right now, you know, going into Thursday's game, they have Michael Pizzetta, Matthew Perot, and Cole Caulfield on the fourth line. And yes, there are injuries. Yes, there are people who are out of the lineup. But that's that's not good enough. And, and uh, you know, Michael Pozzetta being in the NHL is great for him. 
but it's it's not it's not great for the Montreal Canadiens. You don't want a fourth line that you can't play 10, 11, 12, 13 minutes a night because the top three lines aren't good enough. That's the problem is that if you, if you have, if you, the Canadians road to success is killing teams with their depth and, and, and rolling four lines and, and not giving them a rest. And if you can't play your fourth line, except against the other team's fourth line, you're, you're depending way too much on the top three lines. Yeah, but that, that's also something that we um, look at back to Claude Julien's days when, when that was clearly the tactic that the Canadians wanted to play four lines and high-intense hockey. We don't really know still. Now we're almost a year into Dominique Duchamp's tenure. We still don't really know what kind of style he wishes to deploy. So he, he inherited a team built like that from Claude Julien and, and then he kind of had to roll with it. Like this season has been a dumpster fire and he's had a lot of injuries, but, you know, we're getting to that point where it's just like, well, we would expect Dominique Duchamp to kind of have put his mark on the team. Um, so so maybe that's not his intention to play, like to roll four lines in the way that Julian used to do. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, it's it's a... It's not what we're here to talk about, but, but it's just like, uh, if... if you just want to play the fourth line against the other team's fourth line. You just need to have more more high skill in your top nine, obviously. Obviously, looking at, at someone uh, from, from the AHL and the AHL player of the month is, is obviously Laurent Dauphin. Uh, is it, um, uh, are we allowed to call him the Dolphin or is that just anglicizing it too much? Yeah, I, I, I think in, in a joking manner it's okay, but but I think as a regular nickname, it's, it's uh, um, not, not ideal. Uh, especially uh, for 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 in Quebec, um, because it could be seen as an insult, stuff like that. But no, I, you know, look. Hey, oh, oh, let's, let's call him Flipper. Let, let's call him Flipper. Than us. Yeah, we, let's call him Flipper. <laughs> that, 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 that's that, that's his actual nickname. Um, but yeah, no, Laurent thing He's after his goal on on Wednesday. He actually leads the AHL in, in goals right now. Yeah. Um, so he's playing well, and and you know he's. If you're looking at somebody who can take fourth line minutes and, you know, allow you to send Cole Caulfield down to Laval to get regular ice time, that's the guy, right? He, he's 26 years old. He probably deserves a look in the NHL again. Uh, he's been playing well. He got a little bit of a look last year. Um, he got some taxi squad time, and uh, but, I mean, not really a, a, a large look. But he's playing probably the best hockey of his career right now. And and it's it's a good thing to see. There are issues in Laval in terms of defensive play, turnovers, um, things like that. His plus minus is not very good, but also like, like Christian Dvorak, it's it's a lot of empty net goals. Uh, I think one game against Belleville, they scored three empty net goals uh, against well, the Rocket. Scored a hat trick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, nobody. I don't think anybody scored a hat trick, but yeah, it was. There are a lot of empty net goals, um, so you can't really look at plus minus with Dauphin, but he's been since Paling got called up, he's been their number one center and, and he's been their, their best player, best scorer, and, and definitely deserves a look in what is quickly becoming a, a lost season at the NHL level. Why not give guys like Dauphin a look? I mean, I'd rather have him than Cedric Paquette in, in the lineup. Like it just, it just, it's weird um, that he hasn't been called up. Uh, it's weird that Pazetta has been called up before him. But obviously with Pizzetta, they were looking for a specific thing um, in terms of energy and things like that. But if you want someone who can 
I'm curious to see what he can do at the NHL level. You know, he's he's a high second round pick when he was drafted in 2013. Drafted I, I, before Arturi Lekkinen, right in that Jacob De La Rose, uh, Zach Fukali range in, in 2013. So I, I think that, yeah, he's, he's, he's been great and, and leads the AHL in goal scoring. And I think would be a, a perfect fourth liner for the Canadians. And obviously trading uh, someone for, for McCarron and, and getting a, a return and a yeah. potential uh, scoring winger is, is could, could be an awesome uh, exchange. Yeah, I mean, McCarron's in the NHL too, right? So, you know, you, you look at that draft and, you know, Jacob De La Rose had a lot of NHL time before going back to Europe. Uh, for, McCarron's for, back. For, and, and we have to for personal express, reasons, right? Yeah, and we have to express our condolences because his mother passed away 10 days ago, yeah. I think. So so for obvious reasons, he went back to, to be with his family uh, prior to this season. Yeah, and, and you know, McCarron's in the NHL. The Fukali had a great NHL debut uh, and is working his way back there. So, you know, uh, uh, Trevor Timmons has gotten a lot of uh, a, a lot of criticism, especially over the last week. But, I mean, <laughs> the players are in the NHL, right? Like, that, exactly. that's what you want. We only had to wait eight years for that to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, that, that in lies the problem with development, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying, obviously, in the first round, you want a player to be more than what McCarron is at the NHL level. Um, same thing with Jared Tenorti, who was, you know, you want a player to be a little bit more impactful, yes. But at the same time, they're, they're making the NHL. They're, they're still in the league. I mean, Lekkanen is, is, you know, I mean, it's not out of the question, to go back to Lekkanen quickly, because I'm on the subject, that, that they get a first-round pick for him, right? Like, team control, uh, a playoff team will be looking at him. I, I don't think it's out of the question. No, uh, we've, we've seen – well. We've seen Tampa pay uh, pay premium for Blake Coleman and, and Barkley Goodrow in the past. And Where did they pay of... for David Savard? They must have paid at least. I don't remember if it was. Yeah, I think it was second. Yeah, I mean, We're going to check look, that look, out. It, it, Toronto, Toronto gave up a first-round pick for Nick Felunia, who they lost after the season. You know, if you have a guy like... Yeah, I don't want to see like on an First round. Though. Yeah, you're correct. First-round first pick uh, for David Savard. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. Right. Like Lekkanen could get a first round pick. It's not out of the question. Yeah, but it's just because you're um, comparing him to David Savar and just like, well, if David Savar can can get you a first round pick, anyone can get well, you a first. Well, round. the thing is, is that if you're a team like Tampa Bay or, or a team that's really close to contention, and like Pat, I don't want Lekkanen traded either. But at a certain point, if you can get a first round pick for Lekkanen, mm. I think you take that, right? Like, I I think you have to. I mean, if you want a player like Lekin and they have Vedamo in the NHL, right? Like you just call him up and and play him in the same kind of role. It's not like they're doing anything this year. Um, but yeah, no, I don't want Lekin and traded. But I think that you know if you can, there, there's an argument for it. Team control, a, a team that's looking for one player to put them over the over the edge. Um, playoff you know, experience as well. Playoff, playoff experience and and success at the playoff level. Yeah, uh, as well, right? It's not just he's, you know, not just he's accumulating games. I mean. We talk about Philip Deneau. I mean, who scored that overtime winner, right? It, it was Lekkanen. And um, yeah, I, I still think get there's the a chance listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, it'll be sad if, um, you know, by the end of that season, everyone, you know, so many players on that playoff run are, are gone now. But I mean, that's that's a rebuild. And that's what the Canadians have to do. We're going to move over to uh, to Anton's home ground and <laughs> and Europe again because obviously the Europeans are the stars of the show. We know that. Sorry, Jared, but Anton is here. Uh, okay. uh, jokes aside, uh, from Skåne and, and from 
from across the street from from Anton's upbringing and in Skåne is is uh, Fredrik Pico from what I think I've heard he wants it to be pronounced nowadays uh, the gnome the Danish wall the great wall of Denmark there is a lot of names that I've tossed out the last couple of weeks because he's been outstanding in the in the uh, the month of November, he was good before, but he's been outstanding in, in November. Listen to this. He's had, uh, in his five games, he has a 9.59 save percentage of 1.2 goals against average. And the worst game he had, he came in in relief when the team was 4-1 down already after the first period. And he let in two goals. He has had a crazy November. Uh, fantastic. He's come. I and many with me counted him out this summer, <laughs> but let's be honest, he has shown us wrong. Not, not, not a great year for the top 25 under 25. No, I, I was going to say, Michael Pizzetta, <laughs> Frederick Dikov, like all these Jakob players. Who were, yeah, exactly. Dovish as well as playing well. Like, did, did man, we, did Arvid Henriksson. <laughs> didn't we go down on, on paling as well? Yeah, I'm, but yeah, I mean, I mean, this is the best year for like the thirty, pe- the, the the long shots that we've ever seen in the in the top twenty five hundred twenty five. But no, I mean, but it's in our in, in fairness, it's also very hard to judge players who haven't played. Um, so and also goalies are extremely difficult, anyway. Right. So yes, so. yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you, I mean, you were talking about Fukali, for example, Jared. <laughs> like he's breaking through now, and he was counted out. He was playing ACHL hockey, so we know that goalies take longer to develop, and they need a lot of yeah. time and and care and love. And seems like Dikov is getting that from Krushanstad. It, it, it's funny because you know so so much is uh, around the Canadians has been like, okay, you know, it's going to go from Carey Price to Caden Primo. And that's that's the goalie set for the Canadians, and obviously Carey Price is is, is not playing for obvious reasons, um, and, and we hope that he, he gets he gets well soon. Uh, Keaton Primo is is struggling, and you know the Canadians just keep drafting goaltenders, and you know the hope is that one sticks, right? You, you can only play one goalie at a time, right? So you you know you just just hope that one develops into someone that you can play in. I mean. Look, the Canadians have success with that. I mean, look at, you know, Yaroslav Halak was like, what, a ninth round pick? Um, it, it's, it's you know, Keaton Primo, seventh round pick. It, it just seems like, you know, goalies are so hard to predict that, you know, just grab one that you might like <laughs> late in the draft and see what happens. And, you know, we, we mentioned Dikau is playing great in, in, in Sweden, and that's that's uh, amazing. And, you know, he, he might be the guy to take over Denmark's net from Freddie Anderson at, at some point, I think. Uh, and uh, obviously, there's Matt Sogard as well, who's uh, who's in North America. But I, I just think that you know, at a certain point, you know, that's that's what you do. And and again, I don't want to mean bring this on to, to Trevor Timmons, but I mean, I mean, it's hard to argue with him, right? I mean, you know, you look at Joshua Hua, who just made the Team Canada camp uh, for the World Juniors, who was a first round pick. It just you know, it's it's a good, it's ironically a good time to be Trevor Timmons, even though he just got fired. But um, no, Decal playing well, and and Dobish and and Joe Verbedek as well. Yeah. So, I mean, the Canadians are just you know stockpiling tall goalies and hope that one can stop the puck. And, uh, and Decal playing case, great. You trade them away for for future right. assets. Yeah, so I mean, you know, teams are always looking for good goaltenders, um, unless they want to play Mike Smith all the time. Um, Decal has has has. Uh, 
played very, very well. And, and he looks so much calmer. I need to say this. I've, I've written about it, but he looks so much calmer in the net. He doesn't get agitated after a, a goal uh, against and, and he doesn't lash out as much. And, and he has really, really matured this year uh, in Denmark. And also credit to Sudbury that when Tikau asked to, to be released from that contract that he had signed, actually agreed to that and, and, and made sure that, you know, they, they have a good reputation in, in Europe uh, for, and obviously it, this, this is very, very weird circumstances, but it's, it's been really, really great to see Dikau and, and we're going to be, uh, be following him much more closely. Obviously, I know a couple of, like two years ago, I was down in Engelholm to, to talk to him and, and uh, watch him play for real. And I told him jokingly that uh, as his middle name is Nissen, which means the gnome, um, that I called him that. And uh, last game I saw he had two gnomes on his helmet. So yeah, he's obviously my new favorite prospect uh, in Europe, no matter what Gordin and, and uh, <laughs> Kapanen and everyone else does, because this is really, really cool. The rumors, and I have to go off a tangent as well, uh, it's been a very, very interesting development with Jacob Olofsson, really, because Frölunda seems to be wanting to keep him. Um, that is what I hear. And they are working to developing that gem and polishing that stone that they have been watching for, for so long uh, from other teams. And, and obviously... Olofsson knows this is this is the last hurrah, really, if he's going to make it into, you know, a top team in any league, more or less, in Europe. Uh, so it will be very interesting to, to see how this progress. Uh, he's technically on loan next week as well, if I remember correctly. And after that, we'll see if, if either he comes back uh, this month uh, or, or stays with the team or if Ferland just wants to try to get him after the season, obviously I don't think that will impact his chances with a contract for Montreal Canadiens, but it's interesting to see uh, that he at least tries to, to, to go forward and learn from, from past mistakes. Uh, obviously another favorite European prospect of mine is Jan Mishak. And, and uh, <laughs> he is the North American prospect of the month. Obviously Hadi isn't here, but, but, you guys and, and obviously Anton has followed Jan for quite some time. Yeah, I have, uh, and I'm happy to see that he's doing well. He he was playing uh, well for his age when he got the, a shot in in Laval last year, and we see we see this year, for example, with a new coach and everything in Laval, that guys who are a couple of years older than him are still having trouble, you know, getting their chance in the AHL. So just the fact that Mishak got to play as much as he did when he was up in the, like the affiliate league um, was probably well, like it was probably good for his, for his development. And I think that he feels that he's even more uh, dominant now on the ice in the OHL for, for Hamilton than he was two years ago when he first arrived. And um, you've talked to him, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, you've talked to him, Patrick, and you know that he's a guy who, who has really, um, 
he, he really wants to develop. He wants to learn much like um, Cole Caulfield, for example, um, a guy who, who kind of soaks up, uh, soaks up a lot of knowledge and what wants to really reach the high levels in, in hockey. So it's good to see that we have a Czech prospect uh, on the rise again, since Czech Republic has been down for, for quite some time. So it's, Nice to see as well when we like look at the numbers for Jan Mishak in, in November, we can see that he what he was missing in October was really the uh, offensive output in, in, in numbers and, and he got much better in, in, uh, in November. So yeah, uh, Jan Mishak, North American Player of the Month. There were obviously a couple of other ones like Joshua Roy, uh, for example, Xavier Simonot, who could have been nominated as well, but Mishak deserves it. Yeah, it's it's actually you know it's been so long since we've had uh, the Canadians have had good North American prospects, and and it, it it's been it's been Patrick's world for a while between uh, Romanov and, and Norlander and uh, Lekkonen before that, and um, it, it's really they had a terrible high. year between Lekkonen and, and, and Romanov. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> yeah, there were some bad years. I mean, but that was bad overall too. Um, but yeah, I mean, you look at you look at Meshack and and he's a player who really, you know, he didn't have the the scoring at the AHL level a year ago, but obviously he was very young for that league. He'd be young for it this year, right? He, he, he's not even eligible this year for it. And so it, it's, it, it's good to see him putting up those offensive numbers. And, and I think that, you know, Patrick talked to him uh, during the world juniors last year. And I think that he was probably disappointed with his output there as well. And, He's gonna he's gonna get another chance this year, with uh, he was a more, captain last year. He will be captain yeah. this year. I mean, you you can look at you know that December twenty sixth game between Canada and the Czech Republic, and the Montreal Canadiens could have the captains on both sides. Yeah, uh, with Caden Gooley obviously in in on Team Canada. So I mean, yeah, it's it's good to see him scoring because that's that's his calling card, right? As good as he's going to be defensively, and as hard as as Joel Bouchard worked with him away from the puck, you know that's that's going to be his his calling card, and and. It's it's a good year for North American prospects, and I don't mean to turn this into the Trevor Timmons hour once again. But I mean, it's you know you look at Kidney and Roy and Simino, and and obviously Simino is a little bit older than the other two, but you know all those three guys are in the top ten of Q QMJHL scoring. Farrell and as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's it's a it, it's it's a good year, and, and Mishak is is turning it on. And, and Anton mentioned his when he first went to Hamilton two years ago, he had. You know, 25 points, 15 goals in 22 games. He has 15 points, 27, uh, 15 goals, 27 points in 19 games. And obviously he's a little bit older. You expect his his uh, output to, to increase. But, you know, it's it's a good year for him. And and uh, hopefully he can, you know, you look at his, his numbers at the at the under 20 level this year, 10 points in seven games. I think that, you know, he maybe can, can put a little bit more offense going in, in the World Juniors this year. Uh, now that it's a more normal tournament than it would have been a year ago. Also, I mean, like I took a lot of heat when I spoke with my uh, Czech sources and, and asked for, for their vision of, of, of uh, Mishak's development when we drafted him. But but Hadi Kalakesh points out in, in, in his comments to the article that um, there is still an inconsistency He's missing shot. He's putting passes in the wrong spots and he's showing up in less dangerous areas. This is something that was pointed out after the draft from my Czech sources. And this is probably one of the things that 
you know, you had that discussion last year uh, if if Mishak would be a center or a winger down the line. And I think Trevor Timmons pointed out, at, you know, we see you more as a center, oh, more as a winger than a center. And, and uh, it might be down that route, but he's going to be one of those players that we mentioned Lekonen in a way. You're going to be able to put him in a lineup and he's going to perform wherever you put him. He's a smart, he's a smart young guy. It feels like uh, he's never going to reach that absolute top tier potential. Probably he's never going to be a first line player in the NHL, but you know, bottom nine, if you want to call it like that, you know, from, from the second line down to the fourth line, probably if he continues to develop the way that he he's done, we, we have to remember when he was drafted in 2020, he was still one of the youngest players in that draft. So when he played in the AHL, he was really one of the youngest players in, in all of the AHL. And, and now he's coming back now. He's still 19, 19 and a half. I think is he even that? Yeah. He's born in 2020. He's born in 2002 in June, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So, so he's still really young and, and, you know, it's, there is no reason to doubt Jan Mishak's, um, well, Jan Mishak after what we've seen in, in these, well, it's only I, a year since he was drafted, but still, I also spoke with him in uh, in summer, and and that really showed more of his character, I think. And, and we speak a lot about character, but he had embraced the the uh, uh, nutritionist in Montreal and and taking care of his body so much better, and and putting in that extra hour of work here and there, even going as far as traveling a couple of hours to practice face off for an hour with Tomas Blakanić. He 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 puts in that extra effort to learn and that will serve him very, very well down the line. And I have trouble not seeing him in an NHL NHL lineup down the line. Um, You've been listening to Jared Book, newly minted dad, Jared Book. You've been listening to... (laughs) How long are you going to say that? It's been been two months now. Well, still new. Yeah, it's still new, new, I guess. Hey, I'm 50 soon. So obviously (laughs) everyone is new to me. (laughs) <laughs> we got Anton over in Wales. Unfortunately, he didn't really watch any of the fantastic autumn series where Welsh really put up in a show. I would have. I was gonna say like I would have, but I was in I was in Switzerland at the time, so I couldn't go. But I, I was uh, thinking about going to a rugby national team game. But uh, you're not really know. Welsh until you have been. So. Well, I, I've been to a soccer game for Wales, so I, I think that's that's enough. Uh, rugby is 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 there, you know. That's the main sport for Welsh. I'm stuck in the snow and you guys in Canada would laugh if you know what happened in Sweden last night. 10 centimeters of snow made everything crash down. So yeah, we think we're a winter country, but obviously we're not. You've been listening to the top 25. No, not top 25. Seriously, (laughs) Patrick. Uh, You've been listening to the player of the month. And for November, we're going to be back in December for another one. And that is going to probably feature quite a few of the junior players in the World Junior Championship. Thank you guys for listening.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.